What's up, everybody? Hi, friends and babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, just living. How's your day going? Today's good. The rest of this week's been kind of shit. Okay, well. <laughs> I mean, the world is kind of falling apart. The world is crazy. It's been a stressful month, I feel like. Yeah, our hearts are with Afghanistan and everything going on. And um, I, like, have a designated cry time every day. I cry for, like, five minutes about it while I read news articles. And then, you know, you have to move on and live your life. But it's tragic. Yeah, some of the images and realizations that are happening over there are just... It's very hard to comprehend. It's so tragic and and hard for the now, and it's also scary for the future and what it means if they become a superpower. Um, So I've been having a lot of anxiety and just sadness and mood swings where I just feel so many emotions in a day, which I think is very normal Um, on top of, you know, COVID and all of the anti-vax shame and... And the smoke that we've been having the in California. The fires that are not too far from us, that are um, close to some of our family, and it gives me anxiety every day. I check and see where it's at and how far it's moved, and oh man, I just can't keep up <laughs> with all the craziness in the world. There's a lot going on right now. So as we talk about in every podcast, kind of like where we're at emotionally, what's been hard, what's been challenging, what's been awesome, what's been good, um, I would say... Obviously, and of course, my heart has been everything going on in the world and how tragic it is in the Middle East right now. Um, I don't remember ever being this stressed politically, nationally, worldwide in my life or ever having this kind of like worldview. I've always been pretty content in my little California neighborhood and um, not too worried about much else. But as my knowledge and wisdom and um, empathy expands I start to get more and more upset about everything going on as well yeah and you were just kind of talking about that and as you were talking about it I was thinking like this is a perfect transition into what's been hard yeah what's been hard for you um it has it's almost I don't know how to explain it so Liv's been waking up a lot at night oh my god so I would say, I guess, the rest would be hard, but... Like, feeling like when you're in your deep sleep, you're always woken up by crying. Yeah, that, but I've also just really wanted to go to the gym a lot, and I normally go in the mornings, and because she's been waking up more, it's been really hard to uh, get up at 5 a.m. and go. Totally. This morning, I got her back down at 5 a.m., and I was like, I should totally go right now, but I'm also exhausted, so... She went to bed at 7, which is pretty normal for her, 7.30. Last night, she woke up at 10, 2, and 4, and was up till, like, 5 or 5.30. With the last one, we just could not get her down. She just, it's so obnoxious. Sometimes when she wakes up in the middle of the night, I would say, like, after the 3 o'clock hour, between, like, 3 and 6, she'll wake up and think it's, like, morning time. Mm -hmm. And she'll, like, grab your face. You're trying to rock her to sleep, and she just, like, stares at you with her eyes wide open. And you're like, go that. (laughs) or you'll be looking at her and she'll be like kind of peeking at you like I know I should be asleep but I really want to look at you oh it's so (laughs) obnoxious I don't do well in the early morning at all I'm not an early morning person I've learned through the years to be a morning person and I can wake up in the morning and feel inspired and get stuff done but oh my gosh if it's before 6 a.m I just get upset that's a good way to put it you never have been a morning person but the fact that you've transitioned into a morning person but not an early morning person. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And I would say that I did the opposite. I've transitioned from a morning person to an early morning person. I mean, it's hard when you have a baby. And if it's 5 a.m., I push you out of bed. I, like, hit you and I'm like, go get her, figure it out. Yep. Because we kind of have this, like, unspoken agreement that if it's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., it's all Eric. Or even 7 a.m., honestly. Yeah. It's Eric. If it's between, like, 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., it's me. For the most part, I'd say, yeah. But even just, like, like the whole bedtime thing. Like, we, we go to bed between 10 and 11, and for, like, the last month and a half, you've just been kind of taking it and going in and feeding her at that time, which is nice because I get to go to bed. Yeah, I've been trying. I was trying for a while. When I would go to bed, I would wake her up. Like, not really. It's called um, a dream feed. I would get her out of the crib 
and rock her and feed her instead of pumping before I go to bed. I would just wake her up to feed her because I was like, okay, if I can fill her belly while she's asleep or basically asleep, put her back in her crib without her really noticing, she'll sleep longer. And I feel like it was working and I don't know what the deal is, dude, but recently she wakes up like three times a night. Yeah, ever since she started teething, she cut both of those teeth and then has continued to just wake up. So we're figuring it out. Mm. We're doing all right. So yeah, I agree with you. The sleep schedule, the... I just had the revelation today. I was like, oh my God, we have been waking up in the middle of the night multiple times for almost a (laughs) year. Almost a year. And that's for you. When I was pregnant, I started waking up to pee multiple times a night at at about like four months pregnant. So been like a year and a half for yeah. me of just like not sleeping through the night we've had some blissful nights but i would say it's only about i would say in the past year and a half it's only been about 15 or 20 percent of the nights have been full night sleep and i would say about 80 percent are multiple wake-ups that you're pretty ambitious i was gonna say that there's probably been like five times that we've gotten eight hours no, of sleep straight it just feels like that because <laughs> we're like desperate <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I, you are correct. Um, what's something that's been awesome and inspiring you? Um, uh, if we haven't told the world, we are looking at new houses and finishing up our house. And it's been motivating to finish some of the projects that I've been looking at for mm-hmm. the last year that I've like wanted to finish but haven't had time or I've just put off. Yeah, totally. And our bathroom remodel is going nice. Yeah, it looks good. pretty motivated for that. Pretty exciting. What about you? What are you excited for? What's motivating you? What is the joy in your life right now? Well, to add on to the bathroom thing, it's been ugly AF since we moved in. But it's always just been this awkward little side project that we never really had the time or the energy or the money to do. And we were just like, eh, whatever. And I just was so sick of it. And I've been really into home projects lately. There's been something about knowing that we're going to move. We're going to sell our house sometime within the next six months or so. That makes it kind of like stress-free. Because I'm like, I can try whatever I want. I can try all the cool trends I've been seeing and things that I think would look good without the pressure. Because we're going to move. And if I don't love it, it's just kind of like whatever. So it's been really great for my creativity. But I went to Home Depot the other day. And I came home and I walked in with a sink and a faucet. And I told Eric, I have a project for you. Do you want to rip up the bathroom? And he was like, okay. Hold on a second, though. You went to Home Depot by yourself. For spray paint and came home with a sink. <laughs> but by yourself. By I myself. don't think you've ever gone there by yourself. I've gone a few times for paint and stuff since I've been doing furniture. But now I'm starting to feel very at home in Home Depot. I know that sinks are on aisle 13. Ooh. I know that faucets are on aisle 14. I think that's why they call it Home Depot, because you feel so at home there. That was so stupid. (laughs) Um, So, something that's been awesome, inspiring, exciting. Today, uh, for work, I got to do something really cool, and it made me feel really cool about myself. Um, Like a boss. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Pretty much. um, I got to, I work in uh, multimedia, I work in media marketing and communication, and um i got to do it for uh, i do it for like a california wide coalition it's pbis and anyways um i got to branch out and do some consulting today on media marketing and communications for the biggest county uh in california their school system their uh, office of education and it was super cool i felt like a badass you were a badass. You talked very clearly and precisely. You explained everything in depth. You were. Te- you said that you feel like it's really simple and that you'd have nothing to offer. But the whole time, I was in the room too, working on my computer, but I could overhear the whole conversation. And I kept hearing them being like, wow, that's so cool. Thanks for telling us that. We never knew that. Wow, we're looking forward to that. We can't. Oh, you'll be as, uh, available for us to call? Okay, that's really cool. Like, They were just in awe of you and everything that you had to offer, and it was pretty cool to hear. It it was super, like, good for my ego and just for my confidence in work. I kind of switched career paths. Um, I left ministry, which I had been doing for, like, 10 years, and just this year got into marketing, media, communication stuff, and I love it. I'm obsessed. I... 
I'm so good at it and I have so much more knowledge than I ever thought I would just from stuff that I've done freelancing the last like five or 10 years and stuff I've done for my own projects and being able to bring that to like a more corporate setting has been so exciting. And then being able to like be a, um, you know, liaison and and teach (laughs) it to other people. And, ugh, I just like was in my element. It was so fun. I love teaching. I love inspiring and just having them leave. Like they were smiling. They were like, thank you so much. We got so many tips. I can't believe all the information that I just gleaned. Like we'll come back to you. Maybe, you know, we'll use you more in the future. And I don't know. It was just, it was really exciting. It was. It It made me realize that I am making the right decision and I'm going in the right direction. Yeah, I totally think so. And it's crazy because like you never knew that that was even a job. You kind yeah. of randomly stumbled into it. Well, it's stuff that I do in my own life for fun. It's everything exactly. I've done on the side since I got out of college. And to actually have it be a job, I was like, wait, I can do this professionally. And it's just so exciting. It's I, I, I love it. I'm learning all these new programs and software and marketing tools. And I, I'm proud of myself. I'm really, I'm learning as I go, but I'm also like crushing it. Yeah. For something that's my first time doing. Yeah, all, all I ever hear is that you're doing such a great job and how much you love it. So it's yeah, nice to it's see it's so that. nice. And I got like a love note on Friday from my manager and he texted me and was like, I just want to let you know how grateful I am. It's been amazing. You've been amazing. I've been getting such good feedback about your work. We're so glad we have you. You've changed so much for us. And just to hear stuff like that is huge for me. I'm such a words person. And like I said, it's just good confirmation that I'm going in the right direction and I made the right change. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time in my life I've felt, well, you're not the first time. It's the first time recently in the last few years that I felt excited about what I'm doing and super inspired and like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do forever. Yeah. Whereas I honestly felt like my whole 20s, I just turned 30, my whole 20s was just wondering what I wanted to do and I tried everything. I did so many different odd jobs. I did freelance stuff. I did communication or I did like uh, nutrition. I did ministry. I did mentoring. I did health coaching. What are you laughing at? YouTube videos. I worked at restaurants. I did like anything and everything because I just didn't know what I wanted and I'm really big into trying everything before I can decide. I wasn't someone who grew up at, when I was 12 being like, I'm going to be a teacher and then doing that. Like I, I could never do that I am kind of like the guy from dirty jobs like that was Mm. how I wanted to spend my life of like why have one job when you can try everything but it's so cool that now I've actually found something I never thought this would happen that I've landed on where I'm like wait I want to stay here I want to keep doing this I want to stay in this vein I want to get better I want to move up I want to I want to do this forever I never thought that would happen it's super exciting to hear you talk like that and to see every day the joy that brings you is pretty cool Yeah, it doesn't feel like work, which is the coolest thing ever. And I have the coolest boss, and he's so kind and so sweet and such a Mr. Rogers, like, loving, beautiful soul man. I just, he's amazing. And just to have a job you love, a boss you love, it's so rare. So I'm really happy. Even though I want more hours, it's amazing. The time you're putting in now and the sacrifices that you're making on the money threshold, I think we'll we'll, uh, follow through later and benefit you lead to something more i'm hoping yeah um yeah so this week i was feeling a little out of material because honestly it was so hard everything going on in the world i've just been kind of in such a daze the last few days (laughs) (laughs) that i went to you guys and i said give us some questions what do you want to know we'll answer anything and that's kind of uh, what led to this podcast. I'm so excited to do a Q&A. Our last one was super popular and there was some pretty funny moments in it. Um, today's more like real life questions that are pretty juicy. So I'm excited to dive in with you. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure? What do we got? First question is, do you ever want to move out of California? You know, I've been talking about it a lot more lately. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been talking about it. I brought up my parents the other day. Like, it's just been kind of a normal conversation, and I could see us doing it one day. I don't think I'm ready to give up on it yet. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that frustrate me in this state. Yeah. So it's it's a conversation. It's something that I could definitely see happening. What about you? Like you said, it's crazy that it's a conversation because I never even had it on my radar. I was very like anti-moving. I've lived here my whole life. I was going to die here, which 
we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in like we've had friends who've moved out of state just Lots in the last year, and even then I was like, oh hell no, I would never do that. Yep. But then I had this breaking point. I had a really hard day, like maybe a month ago. I was so over everything and everyone. And California in the smoke, in the heat, in the summer, and just life, I was like, I'm moving. And I spent like mm, two hours researching, like, where do Californians go? Where should they live? And actually, for the first time, considering, like, I might want to leave. And we kind of just, like, hinted at it with some family being like, oh, yeah, haha, yeah, that'd be so funny, just to see, like, what they said. And surprisingly, most of them have been like, I want to move too. I'm kind of over it. Yeah, and I was like, oh my it. gosh. Because go? that's the biggest thing for me. I think I could live basically anywhere as long as there wasn't an extreme summer like Arizona or extreme winter like Wisconsin. I could live basically anywhere as long as I had at least some of my family. Yeah. If we had our parents, if we had maybe a set of siblings, I would be so open to it. But I could never move out of state if it was just you and me. I couldn't either. And uh, You need... Definitely need family. It'd be hard to be away from everybody. And then you'd always have to fly in to, like, stay somewhere. And you just never feel settled when you're with them. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's a big thing. And I was even talking about it with another family member today. And it was just a serious... More of a serious conversation of... um, what states are on the table and what states are off the table. So that's also something interesting that we can address. So for me, Oregon is off the table, even though it's really close and convenient. It's right above California. They have just as many fires as we do, um, which I'm not into. They've also been on fire the last couple years as well as California. So we wouldn't be able to escape the smoke or the fires. And that's kind of the point. Um, Arizona, not going to go there. Way too freaking hot. It's the middle of the desert, even though it's popular can't do it. Texas and Florida are the most popular places that Californians are moving. Can't do Texas. It's too flat. It's too humid. It's too hot. Uh, Can't do Florida. Too humid. Too far away from California because I'm sure we'll still have family here and it would just be hard to travel. Uh, I I might be interested in Texas. No, it's too far away. I've never been there. Babe, it's humid. No. (laughs) No. Just take a trip in August and you can decide. So what I was saying is that the main states that I would be considering and I've talked to a few family members about is Idaho, Utah, and Colorado. Kind of like uh, still like West Coast-ish, still drivable to California, really beautiful, kind of more temperate weather, a little bit of snow in the winter, summers that aren't so freaking hot, just like still have seasons and beauty and I don't know. Those yeah. are my options. Idaho, Colorado, or Utah, if we did. I would add Tennessee to that because I really like Tennessee. My dad and Eric both love Tennessee, but... My wife also loved it when she was there. But, but it is for that's the everybody. thing. In the last couple of years, everyone decided they love Tennessee because obviously it's amazing that so many people are moving there that their infrastructure can't handle the influx of people because it's becoming like a big city whereas it used to be a little city and it's just not built for that the roads aren't built for that the amount of stores that they have for people um not a huge fan of that it's become kind of like a metropolis well we wouldn't be in the city we'd be on the outskirts but everything that you're saying is job security for me roads buildings infrastructure but it's so far away from california that you couldn't drive to see family you'd have to fly that's a better argument so that's why i like utah or something or colorado because it's like yeah eight or ten hours which that's how long it takes us to get to los angeles so at least it's doable anyways okay do you have anything more to say about moving out of state maybe but not yet that's what we have to say about that no i think that's it all right our next juicy question what do you guys this is like a loaded one what do you guys argue about most so as i was thinking about this question we don't fight a ton we're both pretty like healthy individuals who have done a lot of internal work to the point where we don't um deflect a whole lot on each other we don't push our own issue on the other person there's not a lot of blame or attack or you made me feel this way or 
um, insecurity fighting. And I think a lot of fighting has to do with it. This might get slack. I'm not trying to be rude, but I think a lot of fighting has to do with the health of the couple and the, the health of the individuals who are in the relationship. If there's still a lot of internal work to do, a lot of trauma healing, which no shame to you because I had such a traumatic everything. I've been in therapy for like 10 years just to feel like a normal human. I think that that definitely contributes to the amount that a couple gets triggered by each other because a lot of fights are from feeling triggered. If you have less triggers and you can identify them easier or own yourself or own what's going on internally, it's just, it doesn't lead to as many fights. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I totally agree. I think that when we first got together, we both emphasized wanting to be strong and healthy on our own and we've grown together and we've also grown as individuals throughout our marriage to where not a lot really pisses us off to a point to argue it's more like hey i didn't like how you said this okay my bad but like you just understand yes each other but with that being said we might not like fight but we bicker a lot because i just get annoyed (laughs) and it's just because here's the deal you can be as healthy as possible but just living with another human is hard at the end of the day you can be the healthiest person on earth living with another person sharing your space and your life and your time with another person is hard and i think that you're very like zen you're super chill you have the most calm like demeanor ever you don't really get angry you don't get worked up the other day, you like apologized to Liv and said like, "Sorry, Daddy got really angry," and you did. It wasn't even like you getting angry. You said something like, "Liv, stop doing that," and you said, "I'm sorry for getting angry." And I was like, "What? <laughs> like what?" Um. So with that being said, I would say I get more annoyed, more aggressive, more angry, more bickery than you do. Snappy. Snappy. Um, the other day. We, like I said, we don't really fight a lot, um, but I get annoyed pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And the other day you were like in the kitchen, you were trying to talk to me about something I was cooking. And I was like, everything you do is annoying. Everything you are is annoying to me. <laughs> and Just you my like, existence. You're like, what the fuck? And you like walked out of the kitchen like, damn, dude, that's harsh. <laughs> like, what did I do? And I was just in a bad spot. And so I came and found you like two minutes later because I hate when there's like drama. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm feeling really triggered. There was a lot of stuff going on kind of like like um, being stirred up in my personal life that week. And I was like, I just feel super on edge. And I, I get annoyed and snappy when I'm on edge. But it, it might I, not like- have even been you. Totally, and it doesn't have to be. It's exactly like you said, living with somebody all the time. Sometimes you just want to be left alone. A hundred percent. Like there's, I think the difference is between us is that you vocalize it, so you yeah. you will just as easily turn and be like you're super annoying. Where if I'm in if one you of the, said that, if I'm in one of those, moods, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or just like I don't know, create an argument over nothing. Like I I don't know, but. I voice them to myself. So if, <laughs> if if I'm in a frustrated mood like that, I'll just kind of lean up and be like, oh my God, you're so annoying. But I don't say it to you. <laughs> this is news to me. I thought it was perfect. You know, sometimes you just want to be left alone and just sitting on the couch watching your show. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> sometimes, honestly, when you leave for the night, it's like the most calm I feel in my life. When you're gone, like at softball, why are you nodding with such aggressive I agree. agreement? <laughs> um, when you like leave, it's and it's different than if you're just like downstairs watching a show and I'm upstairs. Because mm-hmm. then I feel like this weird guilt because we're together all the time and you like to watch shows with me and you like me to scratch your head and you like to be together. So I always feel this like pull, like I should go downstairs. I should we should hang out. We should have quality time together because the baby's asleep. There's like this pressure. But when you're gone, like gone, gone doing things with the boys don't give a shit about me that is my prime i love it to not be needed to not be wanted to not be watched to not be seen to not be talked to i thrive i agree i've also enjoyed some of those times like if you take live and go to the store i'm like i can do whatever i want for like an hour 
It's so nice. Also, just, like, we've been really, like, task-oriented and trying to do things, cleaning the garage or building the deck or whatever. And, when, no offense, but when you guys aren't around, I can just buckle down and focus on that. And I don't have to, like, I feel like if I'm working on it and you walk by, I have to be like, oh, hey, what's up? Or, like, if lives in the room, oh, hey, what's up? Like, just being able to button down on something. Yeah, you have two girls in your life. You have to be social. <laughs> and when we're not here, you can just be a dude. Social and acknowledge them. Um, so the other thing that I just realized too, I think that we argue about just, I think it's important to mention, I get the most like worked up. I've learned to not say too much externally to you because we'd be fighting all the time, but I get so annoyed when you don't do something the way that I would do it or the way that I think is best to do it. Oh, that is so true. Because I think things through very thoroughly and I have... I'm a very like perceptive, deep thinker, intelligent. I'm just, I'm like this, I'm not trying to be proud. I'm just like a really intelligent person. And so it's almost like when you do something that's different than my very well thought out, very well felt through, very well like experienced idea, I get so offended by that. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing it like that? I get so annoyed that you didn't think through it the same way that I did. Mm -hmm. And that somehow you think that the different way is better than my intelligence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When when in reality, it's just different. Yeah, I need like I would I would even say it's deeper than that, and it's to a point where you've been working on this desk and like restoring it and stuff, and I don't know. I feel like in the past I've I like shown you how to use a drill or something like that, right? Yeah. And I almost feel like you have to find a different way because you want to think it through yourself to where you're like, okay, I got this on backup. I know how to do it his way, but I'm gonna find my way too. Taurus, Tauruses, I'm a Taurus, are the most stubborn sign in the Zodiac. Really? In a hundred percent, I am so stubborn on I will do it my way. Don't tell me how to do it. I'll tell you how to do it. I know the right way to do it. it I know that it's not great, guys. I'm working through it. But, and like I said, a lot of time I don't say anything. I just get like the roll. I like roll my eyes. I huff or I puff or I just give him a dirty look or I think in my head, you're a fucking idiot. And he's not, but it just makes me feel better if I internally say something instead of ruining my marriage. Which leads me into the next topic. <laughs> the time when you don't bite your tongue. Wait, is what? The times when you don't bite your tongue. Okay. Is when we are in the car and I'm driving. You Do you like how we started this this the like the, the <laughs> answer to this question? We never fight. We never argue. We're Not so peaceful. And now we're like, oh, let me tell you the ways. <laughs> so whenever we are driving, like she just said. Her way is the only way. It's the right way. So if you need to make because a left. Because I've thought through it. I've map quested it. I've fi- I've, I have clocked what way is the fastest and most efficient. Efficiency is so important to me and just my personality that when something is less than efficient, I'm like, what are you doing? Or even worse, if he takes a wrong turn and it's in our neighborhood or it's down the street or it's on the way to the grocery store, I'm like, you've done this 200 times. What the hell are you doing? It is aggravates me to no end so if you have to make a left to go to home depot on her route but i go straight and it's the same freaking distance i will hear about it where are you going what are you doing (laughs) i mean yeah i have nothing to say to this (laughs) (laughs) so you agree (laughs) i mean yeah i'm in the car too i see what happens anyways we don't fight at all we're super healthy yeah for the most part Like you said, it's little moments of bickering. It's not like a fight. Yeah, we get over sure. it in five minutes. It's disagreements and annoyances. We don't fight. Yep. Um. Next question. The please. next question is similar, but I thought that it was important because it's different. What do you? So the one that we were talking about was what do you argue about the most? But this question is what do you not agree on? Like what types of things, ideas. Uh, hobbies, whatever it may be. What are things that we just don't come, we don't see eye to eye on and we don't agree on? Football. What do you, what? Football. 
Do you think it's a waste of a Sunday to sit there and watch football? I would just say sports in general. Okay, there you go. Even better. You don't have the interest to sit there and watch a bunch of people throw stuff at each other and hit each other or whatever. Yeah. You would rather watch the housewives throw stuff at each other and hit (laughs) each other. You're so right. Oh, you're so right. What do we not agree on? We don't agree that um we don't agree on certain foods that we like or oh hate. Oh my god, olives are disgusting. Eric likes mayo. I think I it's disgustingly abhorrent. I also love all things eggs. I hate eggs. They give me a stomachache and I think that it's disgusting that it's like a not fertilized baby. You can walk inside when I've eaten eggs and smell it like 10 feet on me. Did you just have eggs? Oh my God. (laughs) Even worse than when he eats eggs is when he makes egg salad. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's literally mixing a chopped up like dead embryo with mayo. And mustard. It's everything that I hate. (laughs) And it makes the house smell so bad. Oh, but it's so good on a piece of toast. Oh, yeah. What do we disagree on? We kind of disagree on, like, our parenting styles. I'm definitely more of a hands-off parent. I let Liv just kind of, like, explore. I'm always around and close, but I'm not, like, right there making sure that nothing happens and always holding her and just, you know, it bumps and bruises happen and I want her to explore the world and have independence. And so I'm kind of more hands-off, whereas Eric is a lot more protective over Liv and very, like, um, wants to be right there, wants to make sure nothing happens, Mm -hmm. wants to make sure that um, she's perfectly safe all the time. And not that I... Not that I want anything to happen to her. I'm just more... Trial by error. No, I just want her to cultivate her independence. And instead of being with her, on her, I'm around her. Yeah. I think both are healthy. It's good to have both in her life. Yeah, I agree. She has two awesome parents. And it's good that we have different styles. Um, Is there anything else that we don't like see eye to eye on? We're pretty similar. It's actually really funny because we say all the time that we're like the same person. And the other day, <laughs> we were driving in the car, and don't judge us. We're both Leos, okay? Well, our rising sign, we're both Leos. And because um, you have a rising sign, a moon sign, and a sun sign. So our rising sign, which is your outward energy, your vibe, you, how other people perceive you, your personality, we're both Leos. And so we just have a lot of similarities. And we were driving home the other day. And I promise we're not bullies, you guys. We're compassionate, loving people. But we were driving and this guy turned in front of us. And he just, he looked different and awkward. Like kind of alien-like. And we both at the same time go, what a funky looking dude. At the same time. Said the same thing. You said funky. I said goofy. But other than that. No, I said that. We said the same thing. I said goofy. We said that's a goofy That's what we argue about. How I tell stories and how you tell stories. They're always different. Oh my gosh. Anyways, (laughs) we do. I would say that we have a lot more similarities than we have differences. And to the point where sometimes it's weird. And I joke with him like maybe we're long lost cousins. We're just very. We're like two peas in a pod. It's annoying. Yeah, that was like that test that we did today where we both came back <laughs> as wood features. Um, I'm really into like personality tests and just anything that helps me to understand myself better. Um, you know, the Bible, the Enneagram, the Myers-Briggs. And so there's a super cool um, in Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine and herbal medicine. They believe in the elements and different. Um, it's called the five elements. And basically you take this quiz of your personality, your body type type, your body shape, your preferences. And it tells you like what, uh, what of these five elements you are. There's like metal, wood, air, fire, something like that. And it tells you about, it's super accurate. It's scary, but it tells you about like yourself, like what organs might suffer, um, what to focus on, how to de-stress for your type, what, what health issues you might have versus like how you thrive. It's Mm -hmm. really, really cool. But I took it today. You can literally just Google five elements quiz and it's the first link that comes up. But I was so excited about getting wood and just the meaning was so accurate. It said that like you're the example of someone who's a wood personality is that they're like a tree 
and that you're very grounded. You like to extend and you're always growing and you get, you, you know, your branches are always growing. You're really um, motivated by like accomplishing and doing and meeting goals and inspiring people and being a leader. You get so excited when you have like new growth or a new branch and you want everyone to see. And it was just so accurate for my personality type, but I made her take it because I was so excited about these five elements. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I love Chinese medicine and I've never heard of this. And I was like, what did you get? I had this feeling. I knew it. And he got wood, too. I am a pioneer, a warrior, and a visionary. Uh, I am, too, you jerk. (laughs) I'm reading through this, and I think it's pretty cool how it says, they tend to compete aggressively. Yeah. (laughs) We were playing golf last night, and I said something because you were cussing at the team, and you're like, you know what? I compete aggressively. If you don't want to play with me, just walk away. (laughs) He was getting annoyed because I am an aggressive golf player. I'm just an aggressive game player, you guys. If I'm not winning, I'm pissed. And so he was like, geez, like calm down. And I looked at him and I was like, if you can't handle the heat, then don't play games with me. (laughs) Um, No, but yeah, we're really similar and we see eye to eye on most things. Our personalities are scary similar. And it actually, it, it is amazing because it keeps us very close and very bonded. But it's actually been a problem in the past because we have had conversations about how we can fall into friendship and best friendship very easily, which kind of, if you imagine like a seesaw where someone's heavier, so it makes the other person go up, like like a balance, like weights, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to stay balanced. In our relationship, we lean heavily towards in weight. The weighted side is friendship, best friends, companionship, like we're similar, we're just besties. We love to hang but out. But what happens is it kind of re- reduces the polarity in your relationship and the sexual chemistry. Mm-hmm. It can. So that's a big area that we've had to work on is not just getting into this habit of being besties and playing games together and being similar and laughing and being like, okay, good night, roommate. But having that sexual chemistry as well. Because sometimes when you're really different or you fight a lot or it's like, ice and fire or like cold and hot that's like that creates a like sexual polarity that's really intense people who like have that difference or fight a lot or just don't see eye to eye that can actually create a really great sexual compatibility but with us because we're so similar and so close it can actually reduce the sexual chemistry and so that's something thankfully the last couple years we've really like worked on where now I feel more balanced in that area mm-hmm. would you agree yeah totally it is really easy to fall into that friendship mode but um i think effort and communication to everything that's going on um helps to create that passion too yeah yeah i don't really know actually how we kind of have gotten out of that like best friend rut and gotten like sexier together i don't really know I think having, actually I kind of do know, having more alone private time and more like separate hobbies and interests mm. and like becoming, because we're kind of too enmeshed and codependent for the first couple of years of our relationship and the more we've kind of separated a little bit, it's created that healthy sexual, that room for healthy sexuality where like I go do my own thing, I meditate, I do self-improvement, I have hobbies, um, I have girls night, I have things that are my own now and it's not just doing everything together as best friends yeah and you have your own things and you have guys night and you have like done self-improvement and journaling and self-care and the more like self-care independence friendships hobbies that we have outside of each other the the more it's helped us to connect sexually instead of our whole world just being each other together and getting in the car and going to the same place every time and always being with yeah it's it's nice to have our own independency and it's I think it's easy when you get married to fall into that, like, do everything together aspect. Mm -hmm. But, like, we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast is everything in a relationship works when you have two individuals that can stand on their own and they come come together and can stand in their relationship as individuals and as a couple. Mm -hmm. And that goes for sexuality. It goes for, you know, um, raising a household. It goes for jobs. It goes for everything. Yeah. That's actually a really good segue for our last question, which is what do you do to reconnect when you feel disconnected? And we're going to answer this two ways. What do you do to reconnect when you feel disconnected from yourself 
And what do you do when you feel disconnected to connect with each other? So individually and as a couple. So let's start with selves. Okay. So when you feel disconnected yourself as a person, as Eric, to yourself and you're stressed or whatever else is going on, how do you reconnect? It, I've had a, I've really learned a lot in the last two years, like with COVID and everything, that I feel disconnected with, my, with myself when I'm disconnected from the social world. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, when COVID first hit, I went into this stage of depression for a couple months where I just was really to myself and just didn't really know. You were super I didn't, depressed. like, want to do anything. And I've never seen um, you like that. But you also couldn't do anything. So, like, I normally bowl once a week. I normally play softball one day a week. I normally go out for beers after work every once in a while with friends or, you know, do stuff on the weekend or ride a Harley or whatever. But it, it all revolves around people and, like, other people than just you know like me and you um this is a great explanation of an extrovert the youth <laughs> no i'm serious that you feel refreshed and connected from people yeah yeah so if i'm not socializing or doing those aspects of life i feel like i'm not connected with myself yeah that makes a lot of sense and you were also saying that a way that you reconnect to yourself when you feel disconnected is like um physical activity yeah, I mean, yeah, like that kind of does the same thing. I I think about it like playing softball and stuff, but um, definitely going to the gym and, and doing all that, which which is one of the things I started when I went through that depression last year. Is I golfing. signed back up for the gym. I was golfing a lot more. Gym. Um, but that's that also ties into the beginning of the, of the um, podcast where I was saying that working out is one of those things that I feel like I've been missing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, from, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, what about for you? When I feel disconnected from myself, um, I reconnect, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier cause I, I, I've never actually like verbalized it or really thought through it. I just mm-hmm. kind of do it. But I would say if I'm thinking through my process, I get stuck in, when I feel disconnected is when I get stuck in my head, um, which is super easy for me, stuck in anxiety, stuck in overthinking, stuck in the past or the future is a big one where I'm. Um, just not really in the present moment. And so when I connect to my body is how I reconnect. Um, so that can be anything from like yoga really makes me feel connected to myself because it's intentional movements. It's intentional breathing. It's kindness with my body. It's, um, I I just love yoga for reconnecting. It could be like breath work where you just sit on your bed and you do like deep breathing exercises, listening to a meditation, massage, um, a facial, showering, being good to myself, whitening my teeth, like some self-care, anything that kind of gets me reconnected with my body because I'm someone who gets stuck in my head. And so when I can get back into my body in one of those ways, it makes me feel like more whole and complete and balanced like I should be. Like into your body, out of your mind. It's mm-hmm. cool that we both had... Um physical things that bring us back to ourselves like you were talking about yoga and I was talking about working out and I wonder if that relates to the personality types like the wood and all that that we were talking about earlier yeah totally um and alone time is really important sometimes I feel disconnected when I'm like giving or around other people and taking in their energy I'm like really sensitive and so I can kind of just like meld into the people that I'm around um, or meld into just being a caretaker for my baby and so when I just like get to be myself is what how I really reconnect be myself by myself alone time like the baby's sleeping you're at softball or something like that just getting that like time to actually think my own thoughts Mm -hmm. is really important and valuable yeah, and it's good, too, because when we have that time, we come back together and we're able to share different things that happened when we were alone. Yeah. Know, and... So the question of when we feel disconnected as a couple in our marriage, how do we reconnect with each other? So we would feel disconnected as a couple when we're not communicating well, I've noticed, when we're not, you know, I'm not telling you you're beautiful or, like, really, we're not seeing each other. That's how you put it the other day. We're not seeing each other. You're um, living together, but you're not seeing the other person. Not, not seeing, seeing what's affecting them, how they heart, are emotionally. Yeah, their soul, their journey, their day, their struggles. When you're not seeing them and you're just living with them or even worse, just co-parenting with them. Because honestly, as a parent of a baby, some days it's just that's your co-parent. That's your coworker. There's not a lot of like intimacy involved. Yeah, it's just getting a task done. And... um 
So we can reconnect by having a conversation. Um, sometimes it's just sitting on the floor and talking while she's napping or sitting on the couch after she goes to bed and just having a conversation like, what's going on? How are you? What's been, what have you been struggling with? I feel like this weird, I still struggle with being emotionally vulnerable and I'm emotionally like honest with you about what's going on day to day because it feels like just like you're kind of like blabbing or like throwing up a little bit and Mm -hmm. I don't want to just be like so hot and cold or I'm struggling with this and now let's talk about this and I don't know it just feels vulnerable and not great I I like to process things on my own um for a while before I actually like come out and say anything about it but what I've noticed is that I feel distant from you when I have this pile of concerns of needs of fears that I it's literally like a laundry pile in my heart that I just it's been a week or two weeks or whatever since we've really talked and Mm -hmm. now I'm worried about this and my family and the weather and this and our future and birthday plans and But I haven't actually verbalized any of it to you because I just feel like it's never a good time to be emotionally vulnerable and sit down and have a conversation. Uh, uh, Yeah. And some of that stuff's like, when do you bring it up? Like, or sometimes like it'll just get said in passing and, you know, you or me might not just realize the depth of it. Like, like if you say, you know, I'm worried about my family or something like that. And so, oh yeah, you know, we talked about that the other day and just not really realizing how much it's affecting the person. So mm-hmm. that's where it goes back to seeing them is seeing the state that they're in at that moment. And sometimes when you're just in your own head or in the go, go, go mode, yeah. um, you have to come back and like kind of really realize that. Yeah. And for both of us and our relationship and what we've had to learn about each other is we'll come together and one of us will say like, Hey, I feel really distant or, you know, we haven't talked in a while. And that's kind of like the key for the other one to be like, okay, yeah, let's snip out of this and come back together. I always think of a therapist and I think what would a therapist say in this situation? I've had enough therapy to realize that they are professionals and they are beautiful and they're golden and amazing. They always say the right thing. And so for example, I come to you, like you were just saying, I say, I'm worried about my family in passing, you know, their health, their safety, COVID fires, whatever. Um, And he just kind of says, oh, yeah, yeah, it's tough right now. And then moves on and keeps building the bathroom or whatever. That makes me feel super, like, just snuffed out. And why would I open up at that point and be emotionally vulnerable and actually, like, extend how I'm feeling when it's just like, oh, yeah, cool, like, sorry. Um, And so I always think, like, what would a therapist say? What what would a therapist do in this situation? And a therapist would look you in the eyes. They might, like, touch your hand or touch your shoulder and be like, tell me more. How does that make you feel? Well, don't be silly. I'm no, serious. No, I'm not being silly. Like, that's what I've learned is, like, little questions like that to feed into the yeah, conversation. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Or just something simple, like I said, like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. That's a huge inviting question. So often with people in our lives, we can kind of cut it off and be like, oh, yeah, that's hard. Let me tell you about myself. Or, yeah, cool, got to go. Like, talk about it later. But just the simple question of, like, tell me more about that it makes them feel seen and it creates space in a container for them to actually express themselves and talk and and it creates a container for intimacy so i always just kind of think what would a therapist do yeah and they would always extend on it make room make space see you take what you said seriously validate it um, spend time on it, look at it with you, evaluate it with you, um, be a friend, be a companion. And that's kind of always what I try to be and also what I expect and want from you, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And, and having feedback for what that topic is rather than trying to fix it or move on to the other one. I think just mm-hmm. being heard is the point. Yeah. So in terms of the question, when we feel disconnected, how do we reconnect? I think a very obvious one that the we haven't talked about is sex Mm -hmm. but what's funny and maybe this is a woman thing but when we're when we feel disconnected i don't want to have sex that's something that makes you feel connected it's like it's a solution to the problem but when we feel disconnected i'm like well screw you then or like i'm just (laughs) gonna do my own thing or you don't see me anyways why would i open up my body to you or Mm -hmm. um it's just like this subconscious distance where I'm like, why would I have sex with you when I don't feel like we're even on the same page? Does that make sense? Yeah. and then they Like go, it reconnects you, but it's really hard to do when you feel disconnected. Yeah, um, completely. I agree that that's a way to come back and everything, but they, they go hand in hand when we are 
not connected in life that's normally it's because we haven't had sex in a few days too like they they kind of span the same length i think what's what's interesting is as a woman and just the person that i am and someone who's really into communication and words i feel like we have to connect in that way before we can connect physically But I've also realized that if I can just kind of put my guard down and just jump into it, if we connect physically, we also afterwards connect emotionally and we talk more and it opens a door to like have time to communicate or just honesty. But I never start with sex. I always start with connecting in a different way. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Forrest Gump right there. That's all I have to say about that. I feel like we should talk about sex more, but I just don't have a lot to say. Not really. I mean, same thing with the other one is when you're not connected sexually or when you're not connected physically or emotionally, I guess. It's amazing to me that some people, their first inclination is... Hmm, I feel distant from my spouse. I'm going to go have sex with them. <laughs> hmm, I feel distant from my spouse. I'm going to go approach them. I'm going to go get naked for them. I'm going to go, you know, flirt with them. Because I just, I don't know. I just don't go the physical route first. I'm like... You're emotional. No, not that that sounds bad. <laughs> I don't know. You're in tune with your thoughts. And you need you to be You guys have to tell me if this is thoughts. like a me thing or if this is just like a common thing. Because yeah, I'm curious too. What if you had okay, say we're like super disconnected, you feel distant from me, we haven't seen each other, we haven't talked, you can do one thing to connect with me. What would that one thing be? Anything. Like your honest answer. How I would reconnect with you? Yeah. Stick my tongue down your throat. <laughs> whoa i thought you were gonna say something different okay that was way more pg just kidding um how i would reconnect with you is well I, if that's your answer it's okay well no it would be to come up and like show you attention and rub your back or give you a hug or like my that's like what i would want so i tend to go that route coming back to you but that also kind of leads to me checking in and being like how are you how are you feeling yeah your love language, your top love language is physical touch. Mine is words of affirmation. And so I think that that's, at the end of the day, to boil it down, that's how we reconnect as well. It's not just um, the way that you show love or the way that you receive love. It's also the way that you refind yourself, refind your spouse. And I agree with that. Yeah. And a lot of the times when, you know, we're talking about standing by ourselves and standing together is we feel distant from each other when we're distant from ourselves. So if I'm going through a hard time at work and really Ooh, that was a distancing good from myself and what I need to do with self-care, then I'm also distant from you because I'm like fighting myself off too. When you feel distant from yourself, you're distant from each other. That is so true. And I think that's why the inner work is so important because if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, listening to what's going on in your own internal world, where your heart is, where you might be struggling, your needs for that day or that week, or just where your heart is at, it's really hard to connect with someone else. Yes, it is. It's nearly impossible. That was good, babe. I'm so proud of you. Look at all your inner work. Okay, well, we're going to hit the road, Jack. Yeah, right. We're going to go play golf. Follow us on Instagram like us comment make sure you subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified whenever we have a new episode but thank you so much for your questions this was a really great conversation honestly I feel like we just went to couples counseling yeah it was a good time if you have any more questions feel free to shoot them over we will answer yeah live and unfiltered Ooh. <laughs> bye guys see you next week see ya